This is the Cedar Lake Christian Center podcast. We hope you're inspired and fulfilled by this week's sermon by Howard Tootin. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us at clcc.church. Okay, so I was preparing my heart, and I want you to know I've been praying for you this week. Because it's not about what I say or what I do. I can, I can preach a thousand words, but if it's not the word you need to hear, what are you going to do with it? It's, it's more important to me to have a word in season for you that you can take out there, that you can use Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You know how you do that? You allow the word to transform your life. You have to be willing to say yes to God. Um, how many of you feel like you've been a work in progress? <laughs> well, that's what the title of this sermon is, a work in progress. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not finished with you yet. And God's going to grant me extra grace required for you to deal with your nonsense. Y'all know y'all have a lot of nonsense. We got to deal with each other. The Bible says do the hard work of getting along with each other, right? Sometimes it's hard work. As they were singing, I heard the Lord say, and, and it's an old song, he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. So even when you feel like you're a work in progress, he's still doing the work. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. He's still working on you to make you what you ought to be. He who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. Amen. You may be comfortable where you are, but there's advancement in your future. God doesn't guarantee comfort. Anytime we get comfortable, I start going, "Uh uh-oh, what's coming? (laughs) Do y'all do that? Like, oh, what's next? It's like God's letting you rest before something else comes. Um, He'll give you that period of rest. But um, I just wanted to tell you this morning that there's more to come. Some of you have said in your heart, you've prayed, said, there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more to church than this. There's got to be more. The good news is that there is more. But it's not here now. It's coming. It's, we have to advance toward it. We have to walk toward it. Listen, even I heard someone say, even if you're crawling, you're moving forward. If you got to crawl, keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. If you're going through hell, keep going. Don't stop. Don't get stuck. There's more for you. There's more beyond this point, but we've got to move beyond this point. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about progress, making progress. Now, the definition of that is to develop to a higher, better, more advanced stage. See, y'all think, y'all said y'all are a work in progress. That don't sound good, does it? It sounds like, man, that's a lot. But this says that it's preparing you to move to an advanced stage. God's trying to make you a better you. How many of you want to be the best you that you can be? Right? You want to be the best you you can be? Your spouse hopes so. Your kids hope so. Um, Listen, we live in a day where being a good person isn't enough. We've got to strive for godliness. We've got to strive for being a godly person. I don't want to be just a good man. 
I want to be a godly man. I don't want to be just a good husband. I want to be a godly husband. I don't want to be just a good father. I want to be a godly father. You can be good without being godly, but you can't be godly without being good. You see, if you'll stretch for him, he'll give you everything that goes with him. God wants to empower you to be a powerful, mighty man or woman of God. You say, well, what's that look like? Well, it's supposed to look like you. I think today in the world we live in, so many people have patterned their lives and their Christianity after other Christians and not Christ. When you, when you say that you're going to be a Christian, I assume that means Christ-like. But what people do today is they take that and they say, and they look at how other Christians act and behave, and they pattern themselves after them. Well, if they're doing it, it should be okay if I do it. It's not so. You're patterning yourself after other Christians, not Christ. To be Christ-like is to be like Christ, not other Christians. I will never forget when I was growing up, and I was, I was a little kid, and there would be some things my mom and dad wouldn't let me do. And everybody else would be doing it. And I'd be like, why can't I do it? And my mama would always say, because you're not like them. You're not called to be like them. We're a chosen generation. We're a peculiar people. If everybody's in the dark, who's going to be the light? You see, if we'll be godly and Christ-like, he'll allow us to be the light. Don't complain about the darkness of this world if you're not going to shine. Where you work, in your home, don't complain about the darkness if you're not going to shine. How many of you want to shine for Jesus? Amen. Well, he wants you to. That's the good news. How many of you have said at any point in your life, I'd do anything for God? Can I get a show of hands on this one? How many of you have said, I'd do anything for God? Almost all of you. What about the rest of you? Where you at? Where you at? Work in progress, you're right. You're my present help. <laughs> Sometimes God's voice sounds like your wife's. <laughs> well, I like it. Um, We want to do anything and everything for God until he begins to deal with us about us. You want to go win the world, want to go overseas and be a missionary, that's great. But do you know your next door neighbor? Do you even know two neighbors down? Have you done anything for them? Are you being Christ-like? Are you being a Christian? Are you being like other people and just say, hey, and bye? Shannon gets on to me sometimes. Well, she makes fun of me. More like it. Because when I make stuff at home, I make a lot. I like to cook. And so I'll say, oh, I'm going to take this next door. She's like, you don't even know them. I said, well, I'm going to get to know them. They ain't going to reject food. You, you'd be surprised. You bring your next-door neighbor some food that you cooked. 
They'll be open to anything you got to say. Right? See, that strategy. It's not manipulation, it's strategy. It's putting, it's knocking on the door and say, hey, I don't want anything from you. I just want to give. Jesus was a giver. Givers practice giving. That's been Christ-like. That's how he wants us to be. How many of you are going to share something with your neighbors this week? Or at least intend to. Shannon, are you going to cook and bring something to your neighbors this week? Shannon can cook really good eggs for every meal. Every meal. She can cook really good eggs. Right, Chris? I'm glad to have my daughter here with me this morning, Krissa. And um, we've been getting to spend a lot of time with each other lately, and I've loved it. She may even come up here in a minute. We might tag team. We'll have to see. Okay, so if we're going to be Christ-like, we're going to have to do the best that we can to be like God. That's going to take listening. It's going to take surrendering and obeying. We have to first listen. We have to hear what he's saying, right? have to listen. We have to surrender. And we have to obey. Job 33, 15. I'll give them a second. Look at that. Man, B, you are on the spot. Thank you, B. Um, Job 33, 15 says this. One may hear God's voice in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men while slumbering upon the bed. Okay, so do we believe the Word of God? All of it? All of it. So... Why do people say God don't speak? He don't talk. One may hear God's voice in many different ways. Not just one way. There are many ways. He can speak to us in a dream, in a vision, even while we're in a deep sleep. You know why it usually has to do it then? Because that's the only time we'll listen. Because our minds are so busy. There's so much noise in our minds. Usually when the Lord speaks to me, it's at about 3 o'clock in the morning. About 3 o'clock. About when I hit that REM sleep, that deep sleep. Boy, he can wake you up even out of a deep sleep. The question is not, does God speak, but rather are we listening? We have to have an ear to hear. That ear is discernment. That ear to hear is discernment. It's not about who is speaking. It's about what's being said. Even if it's in your thoughts, which is where you hear his voice, It's in discerning what's being said because he's not going to contradict his word. And so pray and ask God for that discernment to hear his voice so that you can follow him. Um, God's voice is in the content 
of his character and nature. Don't focus on the vessel he's using, but the content of what's being said, because he speaks in many ways. We all have our favorite preachers. But the Bible said God spoke through an ass. I could say he still does today. But I'm not going to. He can use anything or anyone at any time. Have you ever asked God to give you a word for somebody? Not just for you. To me, that's powerful. You see, that takes courage to be able to say, hey, I don't know if you even believe God or not, but this is what he told me to tell you. You might be the one that just set them free. They've been waiting on all their life. Because when the word comes, everything comes with it. The word holds a lot of weight, and it can break any chain. God may use you to set your family free. God may use you. You may be the diamond in the rough to set your, sim- your family free. But listen, if you don't let God start with you and using you, let him deal with you, you're not going to be able to get to that place yet. He's only going to do that after he starts dealing with you about you. When you go to do something you're not supposed to do and the Holy Spirit checks you, so don't do that. You have a choice. You can listen and obey and surrender and submit, or you can keep doing what you want to do. It's at that time where you have to decide, I'm going to follow him. It's at that time. I used to have a hair salon in White, Georgia, and although it said Howard's Salon on the outside on the sign, they still call me Harold. How you doing, Harold? I'm good. I'm good. I've been called worse. But uh, I had to go to the post office one day, and I don't even know why I did this, but where you would buy stamps, I checked in there one day, and there was some money. Somebody left their money in there. I'm like, hey, I got me some free money. And so I went to touch it, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, that's not yours. Am I going to listen to that voice or am I going to take it because I want it and do what I want to do? I had a choice. But I was so sensitive to the Holy Spirit, I said, okay. See, it's those little things, those little moments where he speaks to us. He's testing us to see if we're going to listen. Are we going to pin our ear to his voice? Are we still going to do what we want to do when we want to do it? Both of you can't be in charge at the same time. Both of you can't be in charge at the same time. You've got to make a decision. He's not going to beat you over the head or knock you out and take over. He wants you to yield. He wants you to be submitted to him. That's when he's teaching you to hear his voice. He's teaching you discernment. And the more you listen and do, the more you're going to grow. The more you're going to grow, the more you're going to mature in him. And that's not maturing so you can be high and mighty. It cracks me up. People say they pray. They spend five, six hours in prayer. You know what a true sign of somebody that spends that much time in prayer? 
they're going to love people. Because you on your own can't love everyone. But the closer you get to God and become more like Him, you'll love people. You'll have a newfound love for people. You'll have an extra grace like they were singing about this morning. I'm going to tell you now, some people are extra grace required. They are hard to deal with. Some of you got some in your family. I can tell by the way you're responding. Extra grace required. Use all the grace you need to give all the love you have. That doesn't mean you put up with manipulation or abuse. Hear me, that's a balance. We're not supposed to be doormats. Manipulation is witchcraft. It's not of God. Don't let anyone manipulate you. But I will say this, if you're being manipulated... Only you can stop that. One word from God can silence all the noise. He wants to renew our minds. Have to determine who's in charge. How many of you are saved? You've been saved. You've been, you, you have that moment with God where you were saved. You came to the altar. Being saved, Him being Savior, and Him being Lord are two different things. You want to identify with the lamb that was slain. He wants you to identify with the lion that reigns. Okay? That's the difference. It's not just about being saved and get, you get out of hell free card. It's about surrendering to his lordship. Again, both of you can't be in charge at the same time. So he wants you to be lord. How do you make him Lord. You listen and you obey. Every time the Holy Spirit says something to do something and sometimes not to do something, are you trained to hear that voice and obey? Is it going to be my way or God's way? Is it going to be my will or God's will? Is it going to be my timing or God's timing? Romans 12, 2, if um, you'll turn there for me, B. Again, we're being like Christ, not like other Christians, right? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. He's got so much more for you, you can't even imagine. For those of you who said there's got to be more to this life than what I'm seeing, there is. There's got to be more to church than what we're doing. There is. Are you taking him out there? Does your family even know you're saved? The way you act at home? Because if he's your Lord, it'll change your behavior. It'll change the way you treat your spouse and your kids. Does your spouse even know you're saved? Do your kids even know you're saved? You got to be the example. If you're going to lead, men, if you're going to lead, you got to lead. You got to lead when you don't feel like it. You got to get up and go to church on Sunday mornings. 
when you don't feel like it and when the wife and kid want to stay in bed. You lead by example. If you'll lead by example and be the head of the house, they'll soon follow. And you know what? You won't have to say anything. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit will begin to deal with their hearts. And one morning, you're going to get up and get, do your routine and get ready to go to church by yourself. And they're going to say, hey, wait on us. We want to come with you. Men, be that example. Lead. And you know what? If you don't know how to lead, ask God. I can't tell you how many times I pray, God, I don't even know how to be a good husband. But I'm listening. God, I don't even know how to be a good father. But I'm listening. I'll be honest before you, I'm not a prayer warrior. That's not my thing. God bless you, who it is. But I can tell you one thing, my ear is always open to what the Holy Spirit is saying. In a moment, I know it's him. He'll drop it in my, in my thoughts. Hadn't been thinking nothing about it. I know it's him. That's how sensitive, if you're going to lead, you've got to be that sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Or you're going to lead them into a ditch. You've got to be careful where you're leading. What is success to you, men? It's not about just what you're doing. It's about who you're being. If you will be, if you will be that man and woman of God, goodness will flow out of you. Goodness will flow out of you. Krista, do you have a scripture for me about the fruit? A lot of people want the, the fruit of the Spirit, but, um, or the gifts of the Spirit, but they don't want the fruit of the Spirit. Listen, if you'll seek the fruit of the Spirit, let the fruit of the Spirit be known in, in your life. If you'll seek the fruit, the gifts will come because it's going to flow out of your being and not your doing. God's wanting to work on your being. He's wanting to work on you. Your being, not your doing. Welcome my lovely daughter up here. Come on, come on, come on. Look at you. Come on up here. I'm proud of her. I love her. What you got? Matthew seven seventeen. A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. So it produces out of its being. A good tree produces good fruit, right? Read it again. A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. Yeah. It's, it's not rocket science. <laughs> How many of you grocery shop? You know I had to throw this in here. All right. When you go and you pick out your produce, do you get that bruised, beaten up apple? Why not? Really? Kind of like our attitude sometimes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't have to say anything else about that. Y'all got that. That was good. But it's true. When you go to pick out the produce, you want the best. That's why God's trying to make you better. Because when people see you and they go to pick you out, to scope you out, 
to see what you're about, they're going to see the good fruit. Your family wants to see the good fruit. Your kids want to see the good fruit. They don't want rotten. They don't need rotten. Good fruit. God wants to produce good fruit out of us. Tell your neighbor you're a work in progress. How many of you like to watch? There's, there used to be one, but now there's 10 of them. Flipping houses. Y'all see where they do that? How many of you love that? We love We watch it all the time. They don't start with the prettiest house on the block. They pick the worst house in the best location. And it don't just happen like that. First, they see enough in it to work on that one. God sees enough in you to work on you. Then they go and purchase it. Guess what? God's already purchased you with the blood of Christ. And then they begin demolition. Work in progress. They begin tearing out all the old. Every time you listen to God's voice and his correction, he's tearing out the old. But he's not just tearing out the old. He's preparing for the new. He's adding value to your life. And not only will you see the value, but others will see the value. Don't judge someone just because the construction process. Just because... God's doing some demolition in their lives. You don't know what season someone's in. He's still working on them to make them what they ought to be. He's still working on you to make you what you ought to be. I want to say this. There's, there's so many, we have so many billions and billions of moments in our lives. And sometimes we take one bad moment and we make that a lifestyle. The power of God through Christ Jesus can break the curse. You don't have to be like your mom and daddy were. You're different. You're chosen. My, my, my dad's real dad, which I never met. He was dead before I was born. My dad told me, he said, my father never told me he loved me. I never remember him telling me he loved me. And he owned a, um, a tavern, a bar back in the day. And he was very wealthy. But he never told my dad he loved him. And then he'd get drunk and come home and beat my grandmother. And my dad made up in his mind, I will not be like that. I'm going to break the cycle. And he broke the cycle. God's wanting you to be what he's wanting to make you so that you can break cycles off your family. Just one reason. You're going to be the one that breaks the cycles. 
You don't have to go the route your parents went. You don't have to do it anyone else's way. You do it the way God wants you to do it. Remember, you're following His voice. You're wanting to be Christ-like. Doing something for Christ means doing it in His nature. What is His nature? It's love. Yeah. It's not hard. It's love. I'm just going to read this part for you. The power of a moment. If you'll give God a moment, he can change everything. And when he begins to change everything, it'll create momentum. God is in control, but he gives us choices. Just because God's in control doesn't mean everything's going to just fit into place by itself. It's Christ with us. It's him working in us and through us. God is in control, but he gives us choices. The key here is to give him control over our choices through surrendering. He desires the right to welcome, to be welcome into our decisions. Um, we conform to his will, and our desires change. How many of you ever heard the scripture that he'll give you the desires of your heart. It may not mean that he wants to give you everything you ask for. It may mean he wants to put in you the correct desires that line up with his will. See the difference? How many of you ask for things? I'll put it this way. How many people have asked, God, let me win the lottery? See... I know. You ever wonder why he's not letting you do that? It's not his desire for you. When we go to the God in prayer, it's not his responsibility to line up with what we want. It's our responsibility to line up with what he wants. He's going to put in you the right desires so that you can make the right choices, so that you can have the right quality of life that you've been wanting. And I promise you what he gives you will be better than what you could imagine. If you will wait on him and be patient with him, you say you love God, but love is patient. Are you patient with him? If you will wait on him and be patient and let him produce good fruit in you, when he gives you what he has for you, it's going to be better than what you asked for. Amen. Don't take my word for it. That wasn't even in my notes. See, hearing his voice, just like that. Our calling is to call on him in every situation. God can do more in one moment of our surrender than we can do in a lifetime of being in control. I'm almost done. Ephesians 3.20, if you will, be. I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. 
I love how this starts out, never doubt. How many of you can say, be honest, you've doubted God? I have. I'll be saying, God, do you know what you're doing? Do you even know I'm here? I'm right here. See me? The Bible calls unbelief evil. Yes, it does. What we call evil isn't evil. The Bible says unbelief is evil. So how about right now, let's just do this all together. Father God, forgive me for my unbelief, my rebellion, my bad spirit, my attitude, my behavior, and everything else that's not like you. Now fill me with you. In Jesus' name. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. See, I haven't even got to that yet, and the Spirit of God already spoke it a while ago. He'll do more than you can request if you'll do it His way. Not only doing it and accepting His way, but in His time. God's timing is perfect. It's perfect. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power consistently energizes you. But you have to pay attention to the first two words, never doubt. All that's for you if you don't doubt him. That means you're going to have to be okay with the way he does it, the way he handles it. Don't ask God to take the wheel and complain about his driving. Just buckle up. Just buckle up. Don't fear change because the change is the progress. Okay? Don't fear the change that you're going through. The change is the progress. You're making progress. My lovely daughter gave me this. God's increasing your value. He's increasing your value. That's what they do when they flip the houses. They increase the value. They'll be making lots of money. I'll be thinking, man, I'm working the wrong job. <laughs> God sees way more in you, and there's more in you than you can ever imagine. But if you don't tune your ear to his voice and listen when he says don't do something, listen to not only his yes, but his no. His no is just as powerful as his yes. A lot of people don't think God speaks to them because they're not hearing the answer they want. But if you'll be willing to say, God, I'm willing to hear your yes, your no, or your wait, you got this. Watch what he'll do. He'll do above, exceedingly above what you can expect or imagine. See how much better life's going to be with him in control of your choices, of you surrendering your choices to him. Every moment of every hour of every day, 
and you're going to be tested this week. You're going to be tempted to do something that's in front of you, and you're going to have a choice. You're going to start listening. It's time to change. Time to change. Change is progress. You're making progress. Listen to his voice. Make the changes when he says. And look at your neighbor and say, you're going to be all right. Yes, you are. You're going to be all right. If you'll just stand, we'll go ahead and say an ending prayer here. If any of you have any prayer needs, you can come to the altar. We'll be glad to pray with you today. We're a work in progress. But make no mistake about it, it's still work. It's still work. You still need extra grace required. You're going to mess up. There'll be times when you don't listen to him You just don't flat out tell him no. I've done it. I knew it was God's voice to do something, and I just flat out said no. I don't want to do that. He'll let you sulk for a little while, and then he'll give you another test until you grow, until you're producing good fruit, not that rotten fruit with a rotten behavior and attitude. Father, we just bless you this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the change that you're bringing in us. We embrace the change. We embrace your word, Lord God. Change is uncomfortable. It's not easy, but it's mandatory. God loves you where you are, but he doesn't want you to stay where you are. Thank you, Lord. Do any of you need prayer this morning? Just come on up. I don't bite for anything. I'm just waiting to hear from him. Just give us a minute. If you have to go, you can go. I hear this song, so I'm just going to sing it. And he is right where you are. Right where you need to know that someone cares. He's right where you are. He's saying, I love you so, and always will be there. He's right where you are. Everywhere you go, he's not going to tell you to go anywhere that he's not going to go with you.
and he's going to love you. And you're going to be uncomfortable and you're going to squirm. And he's just going to bring you into himself, say, it's going to be all right. I've got you. Keep growing. Keep making progress. Y'all have heard of growing pains, right? It stretches. God's going to go in to stretch you, but it's, it's, but you're growing. It's okay. Don't hit the panic button. Don't panic. Fear not, nor be afraid. He's saying, I'm with you. Thank you, Lord.